Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the ninth episode of Simply Empowered, a podcast that discusses real-life issues that teens face every day and how to conquer them. I'm your host, Madeline Singh, and with me today is Julie Kim, a college consultant with degrees from Harvard and USC, who is known for getting her students into Ivy League and top-ranked schools. As you know, I'm a senior in high school, meaning that it's time for me and countless other people to start applying to colleges. This episode is a continuation of our two-part series, and we're going to be talking about how to make your college application stand out and answering a few of our listeners' questions. Julie, I'm sure our listeners want to know more about you. Can you tell us our personal experience with the college admissions process and what you do to help high schoolers get into their dream schools now? Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Maddie is such an amazing person. So, of course, I said yes to anything she suggested. (laughs) So, a little bit of a background. When I was in high school myself, I I got caught up in the rat race of trying to do what everyone thought that they should do, volunteer like crazy, attend programs and join clubs. And so eventually I burned myself out to a point where I couldn't go to school to take my finals my junior year. And so at that moment, I made a decision to focus on what I was really passionate about. I started creating passion projects, reaching out to professors. And now what I do is even more amazing because I get to help my students do the same, if not better. So yeah, I just love my work and it's really, really fun. Yeah, for sure. And as someone who has worked with Julie before, she makes the process so amazing and not only like not stressful, but super fun and motivational makes you want to actually do better and be better as a student and a person. So um, what we're going to do today is I actually put together a list of the questions I had when I first joined your program and also regarding just college applications as a senior. And I talked to a few of my peers who are also seniors, and they were talking about how these are some important things on their minds, too. So let's get started. So first, what do you think are the most important elements of a college application, like based on the amount of time and prioritization that you put into each activity? The most important part is that you are creating a beautiful story for your application. So if you participated in a few clubs, like what did you do afterwards? How did you step into something that felt really uncomfortable to you, but you did it anyways? How did you create your passion project? How did you reach out to professors? And why did you reach out to those professors to learn more about what? So creating a beautiful story is really the only way for college admission officers to say, wow, this story is so amazing. But beyond that, this student's character and her personal qualities and her passion and her values are just so just above and beyond, right? So the only way that you can demonstrate who you really are is through a story. So I would really focus on that and how one activity could lead to another activity instead of focusing on, okay, what do I need to do to stand out? So I always tell my students, if you ask a really horrible question, you'll get a really horrible solution. So the question that you want to ask yourself is, okay, based on what I'm doing right now, how can I take it to the next level? How can I really demonstrate who I am at my core and of course, you know, my academic interests and all of that good stuff. So creating that foundation is so important in the admissions process. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. And telling your story, the theme that you convey to your admissions officers is really one of the most important parts. And I learned that from you and I'm so grateful for that. But the question is, how can we share that theme? Like, what are the ways that we can convey that theme, that story with the officers? Yes, I'm sure you know already, Maddie, but it's <laughs> show that you did it. A lot of students say, oh, I'm so passionate about poli-sci or pre-med or com-sci, but what they do is very minimal. Like they'll attend a summer program or they'll do volunteering, but like what 
else did you do in addition to that that really highlights who you are? So you need to show evidences for your passion. Because if I told you, hey, Maddie, I'm really passionate about education, but I wasn't really putting myself out there, I'm sure you wouldn't really you know, believe me, right? So creating evidences and the way that my students do that is by creating a passion project, building a website, building a relationship with professors and landing positions, showing evidences of your passion is how you can demonstrate your character and personal qualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's super important because it's really the idea of showing, like taking action on what you're saying. Otherwise it's kind of just empty words. And that really comes into the idea of just finding something you're really, really passionate about. If you're not super excited about, let's just say, I'm going to pull a random major out of my head. Let's just say you want to go into a physics major, if that's a thing in some top schools, and you're not actually super interested and you haven't done much into it, it's going to be a little bit less convincing than say if you were invested in a certain extracurricular, right, Julie? Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. So for a lot of us seniors, we feel like we're probably on a time crunch. I know I am with all of my extracurriculars, but now let's just say we've kind of found a solid ground with extracurriculars and passion projects. So how can we start sharing that through our application? Yeah. So there's two places, actually there are three places where you can show that. Number one is obviously your personal statement essay and supplemental essays for each school. So when you share your passion project, it's very important that you, again, integrate it into a story. So instead of just sharing like, hey, I work on you know, this podcast and this is what it was about, instead what you can do is you can talk about maybe the first moment that you got really interested in the field of education and how that led you to starting this podcast. So using your passion project as a climax is what you want to do. So again, embedding your passion project into a story. And then with any academic and interest-related passion projects you worked on or maybe research positions you've landed, that would go under the supplemental essay so that you're saying, okay, I want to major in bio and this is a research that I would, this professor, so that immediately adds a credibility to your essays. Mm-hmm. So that's the first way. Second way is to get an amazing recommendation letter and if you work with professors or if you work with companies or if you have a supervisor for your passion project you can ask them to write you a rec letter i kid you not rec letters make or break your application i see this like thousand times a month i think because if you think about it there are so many qualified students out there so for admission officers to really make that final decision they're going to turn to rec letters and the past five years we're realizing over and over and over again that when students get in, it's most likely because of their rec letter. So whoever's going to write you a rec letter, make sure to share what you've worked on, again, in a storytelling format so that they can also write a strong rec letter for you. The third part where you can really demonstrate your passion project is in the additional information section. So I'm sure seniors, you guys just started a common app and you're like, oh my gosh, like I have to fill all this out. There's an additional information box and there you can go ahead and add in links to your passion project, share more about your passion project there. So that's another place where you can demonstrate your passion. Mm -hmm. And those are such amazing tips in terms of like conveying your theme through essays, rec letters, and through the additional information section. In terms of essays, I feel like that's such a critical part of your college application, especially I feel like some people like they kind of ignore the supplemental essays. I know a few that are like, oh, my personal statement is more important, but both of them are extremely important. So how can we make sure our supplemental essays are very strong? Yeah, so just to preface, both essays are so mm-hmm. important. Everything that you submitted to the application is so important. So <laughs> treat them equally. 
With supplemental essays, there are many types. There are a couple of main types of essays that you'll see. Number one is why major. So why do you want to major in bio? Why do you want to major in comp sci or poli sci? And with that, you also need to start that response with the story mm-hmm. and then provide evidences for what you did in relation to that major. And then if there is space, because I know word count is always the issue, but if there is space, you can also go ahead and talk about why is it that you want to study this major at that particular school? Because with supplemental essays, colleges want to know, hey, why do you have to come to our school to study this major? So if you make that point very clear and loud, they will be able to automatically get the idea that you did a lot of research about the major and the school, right? Mm-hmm. So then yeah. that means you have to use specific programs at the school, specific professor names and research names and club names to back up your claim. With the second type of supplemental essays is why college? So why do you want to come to our school? So again, with that, you need to talk about what components of the school really pulled you in. So you can't just say like, I want to go to Brown because they have an open curriculum. Well, everyone's going to say that, right? So Mm -hmm. what about the open curriculum do you really like? And how are you going to take advantage of that at that school? For sure. And I think that really like one of the tips I remember that you gave me is write an essay, a supplemental essay and a regular essay that no one else can write. Make it super unique to both you and specific to your school, which reminds me, there's some resources that you can look up to find more specific information about the school, including just the college website. But you can also look up day in the life videos from the people that goes to those college and you can find specifics there and actually kind of get like a somewhat of a real experience kind of experiencing with them. So that's really important too. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, those day in a life videos are super fun to watch. <laughs> they are. Yeah, definitely take advantage of them. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the next one kind of transitions into like extracurriculars and other activities. So how do extracurriculars translate into the rest of the college application like besides essays? Because I know there's a section where you can put in what extracurricular activities do you do. So how can we maximize the space that they give us for that? So Common Application will give you 10 slots to put in your extracurricular. So you go ahead and enter in those spaces with an extracurricular that is most closely aligned with your academic interests and then your personal interests. So the way that you fill out that section is also very important because as you can probably see, they give you like 50 characters or like something really small. So you want to share what you did in that extracurriculars that is really highlighting your leadership skills or your personality. So for example, the mistake that I see often is students will say like with Model UN, they'll say, we would debate and talk about issues. Well, duh, that's what you're going to (laughs) do. But what is it that you were able to accomplish? What was it that you were able to contribute? That's what you want to highlight in that space that you're given. Yeah. And that's such an amazing advice, especially since I don't know about most students. But for me, sometimes I have trouble speaking about the things I'm good at because we've been told, hey, don't brag. But the college application is really a time for you to show your skills and show what you've been doing. And it's a chance for the admissions officers to learn more about you. So don't be afraid to brag a little, you know? Yeah. Yeah, This is the only chance for you to brag. And if you don't like the word brag, you can change it to, I'm going to show up really confidently. Mm -hmm. Because this is my only opportunity to show up in front of those Mm -hmm. admissions officers, right? So just be super confident when you're applying. I know it's hard, but you're going to need to do the exercise. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. And I think we can talk a little bit more about like confidence and like how to apply to colleges with 
that confidence later. But for now, I know I have some friends and myself included where we sometimes we feel like the extracurriculars and activities we do right now don't feel like enough. So one question one of my friends asked me a while ago is, how can I work with the extracurriculars I have now? Do I have enough time to start something new or should I focus on building what I'm already working on? considering this person's a senior, so. So if you are a rising senior, it's probably gonna be a little bit too late to start on a passion project because I'm sure, Maddie, you know, it's mm-hmm. a strategy I'm building. But if you really want to add that spike into your application, you can reach out to professors and say like, hey, can we hop on a quick call together? I would love to learn more about what you do and mention the fact that you reached out to those professors in your essays. That's very minimal, but it can make a huge difference in your supplemental essays, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And the best part is when they actually say yes, because you get to learn from them. I actually, with Julie's program, I had the chance to kind of build my confidence and reach out to those programs. I know I'm advertising for her, but she's so amazing. You have to check out her work and I'll mention more information about that later. But I actually was able to get a research position with a professor who has exact academic interest I want to go into because I had the confidence to reach out. So I guess the big thing here is don't be afraid to ask for things when it comes to professors. Oh, yeah. You have to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay. And this one kind of plays more into the confidence point. It's the last question that I kind of had when I first started out is, if I feel like I'm an average student with an average transcript and an average resume, is it even worth it to apply to these top tier schools? And if I do, how can I make myself stand out and be compared to like these other extremely talented and gifted students? Yeah, so with Ivy League and top tier colleges, there are different ranking systems. So let's say, for example, you do have an average GPA, and to you, that's like you have maybe a couple of C's and a couple of B's, then honestly, Ivy Leagues will be difficult. So I'm not going to say like, hey, like still go for it. But there are other top tier colleges as well that you can aim for. Just to give an example, one of my students last year, she had a couple of C's, a few B's, and all A's. And so it was kind of like an average GPA. For sure. SAT score was definitely a little above average, but it was not that high. Using passion projects and the way that she positioned herself, she got into USC, and USC is a top-tier school. And so if GPA is the issue, you could always look at top-tier schools as your dream school. Yeah. Know that Ivy League is not everything. Just because mm-hmm. you don't get into an Ivy League doesn't mean that your life is over. I know so many of my friends who went to Ivy League schools, some are still miserable and some are <laughs> successful. <laughs> it's how you make of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like 10 people could go to the same school, Harvard, and one could come out so successful and nine could be like super depressed. And this is true story, right? Mm-hmm. So Set your bar high, but not too high to a point where it's impossible for you. And then that ends up breaking your heart. And then, you know, we definitely Mm -hmm. have that happening to you. Yeah, that's really good advice, especially if like there is a chance, realistically, there is a chance that you could get rejected from your dream school, even if you're a perfect student, just because of the sheer number of people applying. But the thing to remember, like Julie said, is the college you go to isn't all who you are. It doesn't define you completely. And you can always make something of your future regardless of what college you go to. Yeah, there's a difference between you settling for less, Mm -hmm. right? If you're settling for less because you're like, oh, I'm not good enough. I suck. I'm lazy or whatever. Then there's some work to do. That, that's your problem, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're saying, well, I don't want to go to this school or I don't want to get accepted to Ivy League schools because I think I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. That also means you have work to do too. So there are things that you can control and that is your emotion and how you show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And 
as soon as you change your mindset and as soon as you realize, okay, I have so much potential, there's so much that I could do, then your GPA is going to go up too. It's like sometimes we kind of miss like what is actually going to get the result that we really want, which is all your mindset. Yeah. And it really just comes down to don't psych yourself out, be motivated and reach for what you want, but also just be prepared just in case, like you said before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So that concludes the first part of this episode. So now we'll be moving on to to some of the questions that our listeners had about Common Apps. I posted a question on Instagram and we could only put up four responses just because I don't want to hold Julie for too long. So I just chose four that I believe really sum up the rising seniors concern about the whole process. So the first one is, do colleges prefer participation in sports better than other extracurriculars or do they like, does it matter which one you choose? Absolutely not because it depends on what your theme is. Mm -hmm. Theme is basically a combination of your academic interests, your personal interests, and your strength, personality, and values. Mm -hmm. So if playing baseball is your personal interest, then go for it. Like be the captain and just go all out. But if you can't even run a mile like me, then (laughs) (laughs) track and field is not going to be it for you, right? Mm -hmm. So there is no one or the other. It just depends on what your interest is. Division one, two, and three, that's a different story, but I'm assuming your followers are not talking about that. (laughs) Why not? No, I think they're just more talking about like participation and everything. And yeah, probably not competing in the collegiate level, but who knows, you know, maybe one day they will. So the second question is, this is more related to COVID. So will colleges see us differently if we perform poorly during the start of COVID and distance learning? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Obviously, like, I want everyone to just forget about the fact that there's COVID and just don't use that as some sort of a conditional excuse. Just don't think about it. Just continue to show Mm -hmm. up, study for your tests and do what you got to do. And that's the result that you get. So they're not going to view your application any differently, especially Ivy League and Hofstra College. They're not going to be like, oh, like for you, like, let me give you some more brownie points. No, they're still going to be very critical about your staff and everything. For sure. So let's just say hypothetically, I have a feeling there's a chance that some people might have been negatively impacted in terms of GPA and also what they were able to do extracurricular wise. So how can we kind of supplement for that? I remember hearing about an additional information section related to COVID. So how can we make the most of that? Yeah. So with extracurriculars, if you are a senior, you still have time to pivot. Mm -hmm. So let's say something got canceled, right? Like something that you've been doing. How can you continue doing that online or how can you maybe start a little mini passion project online to pivot they're going to want to know based on the circumstance a global pandemic what did you do about it and through that process college mission officers will either be impressed by you or just be like oh okay so she just you know she just thinks she just kind of dealt with it and just took it as it is. One example, you know, Nikki, right? Yeah. So her, when she first started her passion project, she wanted to do everything in person. And then, bam, COVID hit, right? So she turned everything online. So just imagine her application versus someone else's application where they did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I think that turning this time into an opportunity is one way to really show your resiliency as well as like your application to real world skills, because the world isn't going to stop. For example, if, if another something like this happens and you're an adult, you just have to push forward and move on. So yeah. in this case, just look at it with an optimistic mindset. Don't worry too much about the past and focus on the future is my advice. Okay. This is a third question. So what types of college essays are most likely to get rejected? And should I make my essay relevant to COVID-19? Okay, so for the first question, 
anything that just is a repetition of your resume or you're telling me what I already know, that's basically you're wasting that space. Mm -hmm. So if your resume already tells me that you're doing A, B, and C, and you're kind of restating that in the essay, that's going to be a turnoff for sure. For sure. Agreed. Another way that you can make your college essay really bad is to write so that you can impress. So if I can immediately detect in your essays that you're trying to impress me, it's a turnoff. Right? Just think about it from your personal experiences too. Like if you have a new friend and that friend is just trying to like, you know, be so cool and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's weird, you know? It's an automatic turnoff because that person is not being authentic with you, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, being authentic is one of the most important things from everything I've learned. Being authentic, showing it through your extracurriculars, through your essays, through even if you get the chance to do an interview, don't pretend to be someone else. The college should be accepting you for who you are and what your personality is and your work ethic. Yeah. And the second question that you asked was about COVID. And so if COVID impacted you in a really, really critical or harsh way, which we hear a lot of stories like losing family members or, you know, financial issues or, you know, those things, of course you should talk about it. It could be a component of your essay, but not everything. Mm -hmm. That's a really good way of putting it for sure. All right. Last question. Are test optional colleges really test optional or should I still try to take a test when it's available, even if I feel less prepared for it? With Ivy League and top tier colleges, optional means mm, you should probably do it. <laughs> so that's kind of like a passive aggressive way of saying that. <laughs> but with mid-tier colleges, and by mid-tier, I mean, you know, acceptance rates over like 40%, 50%. When they mean optional, they really do mean optional. <laughs> so it depends on where your target is. Yeah, for sure. And so I feel like for some people, like I know I'm kind of going to unholy lengths to take my subject tests for SAT, but for some people, they just decided to wait until October. So do you think that'll negatively impact their early decision application? No, for early round, your October scores, and some schools even accept up to November scores. Obviously, you don't want to like take it all the way there, but mm -hmm. yeah, October scores will be considered into your application. Okay, perfect. All right, so that concludes our Q&A with Julie Kim. If you want to find out more information about her work, you can find her website at juliekimconsulting.com. She also has a podcast called Demystifying College Admissions where you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Thanks so much for being here, Julie. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you, Maddie. It was so fun. This is Madeline Singh, your host for Simply Empowered, a podcast for teens by teens. If you like what you hear, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Google Play Music, or Apple Podcasts at Simply Empowered. Thank you so much to our listeners and supporters for tuning in, and I hope you all have an empowered day.